0: Hello, welcome back. This is episode two of season four of Falling Out. The introduction to episode one was pretty long, so I'm going to keep this one short. This is part two with Lisa and Rob Cohn. I hope you listened to part one. I loved that. And I love this one, too. But I got to give you a warning before you listen. This episode contains references to suicide and suicidal ideations said this before, and I'm going to say it again for anyone's keeping track, that is a common recurring theme on this show. And there's one question that I would like to pose to the leaders and members of the Unification Church whom I know are listening to this show. When are you going to address the criticism that has been leveled at you on this show and in other places because of the fact that kids who grew up in your supposed ideal environment are at higher risk of suicide and suicidal ideations are groomed for sexual exploitation and abuse in their lives and are in fact abused sexually in your supposed ideal environment, abused emotionally and psychologically. When are you going to address those? And simply saying, oh, they're haters is not addressing the actual criticism and the actual allegations. So I would love to hear from someone anyone would like to actually address the real issues here okay i'm gonna leave it there without further ado here it is part two with lisa and robbie cohen
1: they speak
2: korean in the kingdom of heaven people come on it's the language of the kingdom uh, of heaven
0: yeah um Okay, yes, so I have, you're gonna read. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna read. I have some more questions on this topic, but I'm gonna read, and then we'll hopefully we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. okay. So, again, this is this is this is a passage, uh, just sort of about your yeah experience in that in that sort of that that moment that, I, that that I mentioned earlier. So, um, uh, here we go. Each new experience away from the church felt weird and uncomfortable, but also enticing. Having made almost all new friends. So I think you, this is when you're in university at, at Cornell, I think. No,
2: right? uh, or, this is, well, God, my, okay. yeah, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> university,
0: university somewhere. So you're. you're yeah, it's either of,
2: my senior year of high school or yeah. first year of okay. college. So yeah. So
0: you're, aware. yeah, you're kind of, you're making friends with new yeah. people, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Having made almost all my new friends, few of them knew about my life as a Mooney. Debbie, mm-hmm. however, did. She had once gone with me to hear Sunburst. Sunburst is the name of a Mooney band uh, in New York City at the time to hear Sunburst play at the Down Home Inn years earlier before we were close friends. I guess she wasn't frightened of the church. She would check up on me during my forays into a more normal life. How you doing, she'd ask, as a group of us hung out on a Saturday afternoon, wandering from her apartment in Chelsea down to the village, then over to Broadway to shop in the vintage clothing stores, Reminiscence, and Canal Jeans. You okay being here? I'm having fun, I'd answer. Is that wrong? Is this leading me to hell? But I kept going. I spent, I spent a weekend at Julie's house in Brooklyn. I told myself I should leave for the safety and surety of the church, but I didn't. On Sunday morning, I didn't wake up to say pledge, although I did contemplate locking myself in the bathroom to do it. I was in some ways, sorry, excuse me. It was in some ways easy to play hooky and forget what I knew. It was horrifying that it was easy. Alcohol and boys didn't interest me, but my friends were into both. Being close to this worried me. What if I experimented too? Desperate, I looked to my counselors from the past for guidance. Be sure to see father at least once a month, Brian advised. Trust your heart and in father, Hugh encouraged. This was not enough to steady me. So, and just to be clear, Brian and Hugh are both these sort of like older guys in the church, right? Um, I turned to mother, as in your your mother, not the true mother. It's not the true they, mother. They, yeah. they are that's easy to mistake them. Uh practically begging her to tell me not to continue to forbid me to be with these people. For some reason, she refused. It goes on wanting to avoid the torment of the previous school year. I determined to keep my relationship with Stuart platonic. So Stuart's a guy you were interested in at the time. Um, But late one afternoon as classes let out, he grabbed me. We made our way to the top of the stairs that led from the 15th street entrance to the first floor. Students streamed by us on their way home. Standing there so close, leaning against the wooden banister, nearly touching, every particle of my being could feel him, the hardness of his body, the intensity of his passion. We said everything we'd said so many times before, again with no resolution. He looked at me, as he always did, staring deep and hard into my eyes. I longed for him to kiss me, but couldn't allow myself to do anything. I needed him to break my impasse, to make a first move so that I could respond. Lisa, he implored. What do you want me to say? I answered. Please, please kiss me. And is your your thoughts here what are we going to do you know i can't do anything please Stuart. please he walked away in disgust julie and debbie ran up to me they had walked from the hallway on the other side of the glass doors we thought you two were going to kiss if only we had it's what you wrote um the first i'm going to keep reading here but i just want to say i resonate with this deeply like i've been there i was there as a teenager and i was like you're this you you you, you I've been, I'm not going to say anymore, but like being, I, I, feeling that there. confusion it was. was- yeah Yeah. that is high
2: school and I am actually seeing it like you know I still remember I can I still remember should I get up and say pledge should I get up and say pledge yeah yeah and and
0: that thing of like of like this girl's in I'm pretty sure this girl's into me and in hindsight I'm like that girl was definitely into me (laughs) um uh, but I couldn't quite believe it at the time uh and I didn't and I didn't know what to do with it and I didn't I didn't think it was possible for someone to be into me um same uh and I, it was just it, like, it, like the the fact that like just even comprehending that was just blew my mind and like fucking fried my circuits. So I couldn't. I just stood there Bang. like an idiot. Basically. I'll
1: also also add yeah. that in those situations, you know, same as you, Elgin, in those situations that I was in with, Lisa, the same thought was running through my mind of like, please, please kiss me, please.
0: I, I wanted the girl to make the
1: first move because I didn't yeah. know how to make the first move. I couldn't yeah. do it.
0: Yeah, I was I have too to say-
1: shy, too insecure, to.
0: You know, what I've realized I'm actually I'm actually almost still I'm still like that as a like, you know, yeah, now as I as I've grown up in my dating life since getting divorced, like, it's very difficult for me to do that. Uh, yep. And uh, I, I like I, I feel like I, I, like. I feel a lot of things, but like, it's kind of it's almost like, you know, how could this person want me like like why would someone want me and like I'm not allowed to want this person uh and I'm not allowed to express that and therefore I, I can't be open about that until they express it to me to begin with. Um, and I've noticed that pattern in my own dating life.
2: I um, I mean, with, with Stuart, it really was, you know, it's sinful to do all this, but, yeah. but I, I mean, to this day, people be like, you knew I was into you. I'm like, no, I didn't know that. Like, I like to this day, yeah. I'm like, we like that person's no. into you. I'm Like, no, they're not. Like I, I have yeah. no, like, I have all this yeah. self love. Like, right. And you know, but I have, no. No, I, I cannot read that. for
0: anything you know but it's interesting it's interesting hearing that from the hearing a woman say that as well so it's not just the men that that suffer from that it's also the woman that grew up in this environment and it's it's almost like it makes me think like growing up in this environment just made you sort of like like black out that that part of your brain or just 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 sort of so you can't you don't pick up on the cues and you just don't get it and like i there are times when i look back on my life i'm like i look think about something like 10 years ago i'm like Oh my god, she wanted to sleep with me. Um, but, the,
2: no idea. but I had
0: no fucking idea. Like that time that girl in college like invited me back to her dorm with dorm room, like she didn't want to talk about fucking math equations. But, like but that's what I You haven't gotten to the scene doing. where yeah. I write where
2: that actually happens he hates oh, no, me okay. back and I'm just like cracking jokes and he's like what the fuck are you doing? Here? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm no, like, I Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's I know I have read your whole book. I just, I forgot oh, about okay. that, that yeah, particular point, but, part. but like, so, okay. Yeah. We, we've we lived very similar very experiences similar. in that regard. And from
1: my perspective as a guy, right. Having made the mistake once, like misreading a signal once, right. Mm. I was like, Oh, I can't, I, I'm not going to misread the signal again. Cause I don't want to be put in that area of either being that guy mm. or that rejection. Mm. You know, it's like, if you misread the signal and you, you try to make a move and they are not interested because you don't know how to read the signals. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I stopped. Yeah. Just dead, cold, done. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, okay. Let me, let me continue here. Cause that. Yeah. I
2: want you the, to read more. I'm the passage, enjoying it. Oh, okay. You like so this. Wild. Right. It's okay.
0: so okay. wild. So, uh, no one's ever done this before?
2: No this one's is... ever read my okay. book to right. me. All right. No. All right. Very
0: cool. cool. Okay. Spend time um, story. Okay. <laughs> we should do an audio book. I can read your book as an audio book if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh right, Here we go. All right. Uh, I turned again to Brian. He was perhaps the most rebellious member I knew, but he was still in the church, and I was still emotionally attached to him. Despite everything he said and did, he managed to find a way to stay. Hell, he had been matched to a Korean sister, and they were to be married, like my mother and Phil, as soon as father, true father, planned the next mass ceremony. Brian professed his love for his fiancée, although he had never met her. They'd been matched by photos. And newfound devotion and gratitude to true father, for putting the two of them together. Also, he cared for me and didn't want me to lose my way. That I was sure about. He'll help me. He'll help me figure this out. I headed up to Terrytown for the weekend to see Mother and spend time with Brian. Saturday night, he and I took the train back into the city, walking over to the down-home inn to hear Sunburst play. They had returned from a few months in California. It was great to be with Brian and surrounded by brothers and sisters, so many of whom I knew knew and loved. I hadn't realized how much I had missed it. I was absorbed, as always, in Sunbird's music, and in the glow of attention that emanated from Hugh, who was also engaged via a photo to a Korean sister and the rest of the band. I sat in my front row seat, enveloped in a heartwarmingly familiar places. Excuse me, enveloped in heartwarmingly familiar places, people and emotions. I was still cut off from Injin, so this is referring to Injin Moon, um, uh, one of uh, Moon's daughters. I ached for her to see her and talk to her and laugh with her, but this was home. I realized there was no way I could leave. It was what I knew, and it felt so right. It was where I belonged. Hugh called me aside during a set break. I ran up to him, and he squeezed my hand. I longed to tell him all that had been going on, but instead he just soaked in his love, keeping my hand in his as long as I could. I reveled in all there was for me in the church, knowing I was in a safe place with people who would protect and care for me, and remembered my love of God and true parents. I'll never leave you any war. I whispered the title of a church holy song to myself and to God under my breath. I'm so glad to come home. I had known the story of the prodigal son since my first days at Berrytown. It was perhaps the most popular skit during entertainment nights. Every workshop, some group would act out the story of the father whose youngest son took his inheritance, squandered it in wild living, and then returned, asking to be forgiven by his father and hired as a servant. But instead, the father welcomed his son back. Killing the fattened calf and celebrating, proclaiming, what was lost is found. Sitting there in the down-home inn, I felt like the prodigal son who had returned, a bit ashamed. I had always sworn I'd never stray as that son had, but gloriously grateful to be back. Brian and I stayed through the performance and caught one of the last trains to Tarrytown. It It was heady to be hanging out with a man, an engaged man, who was 11 years my senior. I was high from the evening and the attention and affection I'd received. As soon as the train doors opened, Brian pulled me onto the platform and down to his pickup truck that was parked on the street. It was late, and there weren't any other cars or people around. Brian, what? I said, laughing. What's the hurry? He turned me to face him and was silent for what seemed like a few minutes. Your eyes, he said, and paused again, holding me steadily in his gaze. So this, this this is an engaged man, excuse me, who's 11 years your senior. And you're how old at the time?
2: 16? 16. 16 or 17. Oh, yeah. my
0: God. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Your eyes, yeah. he said, and paused again, holding me steadily in his gaze. Your eyes are so intense. You look right into me. You can see into my heart and soul. I stood there, aware of the night, the darkness, his hands grasping mine, his fervor, and how close he held to me to him, knowing I should pull away, but somehow unable to, tingling, not sure what I was feeling, but certain I was feeling something. He looked at me for a long time as I waited breathless, wanting more and not wanting more. Be careful. He said, Hugh is in love with you. You should keep away from him. What I asked in I asked my bewilderment most likely showing on my face. So hold on, I'm just going to dive in here. So, so just to be really clear, Hugh and Brian are both these like older so-called brothers in the unification church, probably like 10 plus years. You're senior while you're 16. And like they're basically like both into you and grooming you effectively, and one is talking about the other
2: right it and does, And mind you, Brian it. is actually having the affair with the blessed child, my best oh, one Brian of my best friends
0: is actually currently. Currently, at that time, oh, that,
2: having an affair, seduced a blessed child, my age, sixteen year old, right? whoa. while and saying the same thing. It, it's, it's. Oh it's my god! Bro.
0: That's it's the same that same affair that then led to you guys getting banned from Jacob yes.
2: House. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's exactly that he had that. Yeah. Exactly. Wow.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's what th- that's what we're in the well, midst no, actually, that affair didn't lead to us getting banned from Jacob House. That affair <laughs> led to us getting banned from
2: Moon's Kids. Us okay. 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 Me okay. getting banned but, from his kids. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. yeah. Okay. But that that girl that he had the affair with is who led to us being banned from
0: Jacob House. Got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. And, okay. Um, I'm gonna yeah. read a little more a, a little more here. Um uh what, I ask, my bewilderment most likely showing on my face. Brian said nothing. He let go of my hand to open the truck door so that I could climb in and shut the door behind me. He went around to the other side, got behind the wheel, and started the engine. I sat still for a few minutes as we drove up the hill away from the station until I couldn't take it anymore. Brian, what are you talking about? I couldn't handle. I didn't understand what was going on. Nothing. Never mind. He drove me back to Jacob house in silence. I woke the next morning, even more confused by what Brian had said to me and the way he had looked at me. What had he meant by his comment about Hugh? I went through the motions during pledge, standing and bowing as I was supposed to, but my heart and mind raced through the events of the night before. Have I done something wrong? Does Brian sense something off in me or my or my behavior? Is there something in my relationship with you that is sinful and dangerous? Reciting Pledge was second nature, and I could follow along without missing a beat. As we headed off to Belvedere, I determined to grab Brian after Father's speech so that he, so that he could explain. But even though I raced out of the tent, as soon as Father finished, Brian was nowhere. I asked a few people if they knew where he was but couldn't draw attention to the fact that I was looking for him. Ever since Jeyun told everyone that I was in love with Brian, I was watched. People were searching for proof of my infatuation. I went to school on Monday with renewed resolve to keep my distance from Stuart and watched and watched my overall behavior. Seeing Brian, even with him acting weird and being in the safe confines of the church, had reminded me of everything I risked and all that was mine to lose if I succumb. If I succumbed to the satanic influences around me and maybe in me. I had to be careful. I enjoyed my friends. Their love and acceptance felt at times more unconditional than my life in the church. There was less judgment for what I did and how I did it and no puritanical standard of behavior to live up to. There were no people who were inherently more pure and special than I was, who were true and blessed while I was not. But I had to keep myself separate. My promise to God was that I wouldn't leave, that I wouldn't stray. The only way to do this was to steer away from anything tainted and to avoid getting even remotely involved with boys, to remember who I was. I shut down my feelings for Stuart and kept myself aloof. We had more impassioned conversations, but my heart was no longer in them. I told him again and again that whatever we had had, had it was gone. I was done.
2: You know what I hear when you when you read my words to me? My God, we blamed ourselves. Hmm. Like you're reading to me about how I was groomed and mistreated and at least emotionally incested and like completely fucked over. And I'm thinking, what have I done? What have I done that's wrong? Mm. What have I done that's wrong? Is there something that I'm doing wrong that these older men are paying attention to me like this?
1: Mm. And that's also how the church told us. If things happen, it's It's because you are inviting Satan in. Yeah. Yeah
2: yeah so wow
0: uh... yeah um and i i really wanted to capture that on the tape and especially i mean it encapsulates there's so much that's encapsulated there um yeah but uh, also like the last sort of two paragraphs of um especially this like you know i had to be careful i enjoyed my friends their love and acceptance felt at times more unconditional than my life in the church so even even there you're saying like like actually like the, these are people who 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 actually have unconditional love for you mm-hmm. um but you're doubting that uh you're 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 doubting that and you're choosing to turn your back on it to to um because the church tells you that these people are are, are less worthy or shouldn't be trusted um and i recognize that in myself uh yeah. I, I see I, i've you know I, I've, I've seen that in my own life um and yeah i just think it's, it's such a good encapsulation of everything that well, not everything, but uh, an important part of, of what this experience is about is is yes. that.
2: The, the us and the them, the inside and the outside, the yeah. chosen people and the sinful on the outside. Yeah. And that, you know, they are still my best friends, actually. Yeah. Friends my school are still <laughs> my best friends. Like, they, like I text them every day. They're all there. They're my home. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but truly we were taught, I was taught to not yeah, I can feel it now. Like it felt so good to be with them, but I was wrong to feel good.
0: Yeah, right? and, and that, we were
2: told it was inc- unconditional love in the church, unconditional love from like Moon and God, but it wasn't. They, they, they
0: use that that term so much, but it yes. was. It was all fucking. It talk. was
2: so fucking conditional, and we yeah. were told it was unconditional. It's so
0: messed yeah. up. They were like, no they
1: they also told yeah. us, yeah. The other side that fucked it even more was, "Yes, that is all true." And the other thing that they said to us was. Everybody outside the church has an ulterior motive. Yes. Yeah. Right? And yeah. everybody in the church does not. And what it turned out is that people outside the church did not have the ulterior motive. Yeah. And everybody in the church did. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. That's super. Yeah. Uh, that I think is really interesting to capture. I, even now. So, um I'm not going to go into the specifics, but even, even just like just dealing with certain like situations at, at work, like with leadership at work, I'm like my, my instant reaction, even with people that I've known and trusted for years, I'm mm-hmm. like, how's this guy trying to screw me? Yep. Um, what's, what's he, what's he not telling me that, that, yep. that, 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 that's like, that, that's happening here where they're, where they're trying to like manipulate me. Um, even, and these are people that like, I've developed good relationships with, but I still, I can't really I can't really truly internalize and accept that like someone would do something purely to like to look out for me basically pure like I, I'm just like nope that can't that can't happen there has to be some some fucking ulterior motive here um, for me it's
1: also no matter what no matter what the 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 message is, the discussion is what no matter what whatever it is at work right in my mind no matter what whatever's being said my mind is going to the what's really going on yeah. What's really going on here? Yeah. Because it doesn't you know, just, I don't trust it. I mean, yeah. There's, there's always a backstory. There's always something. Mm. Cause that's how it was in the church. Yeah.
2: What comes to mind as you're talking about this, right? The power of language. Right. And I've, I've, I've talked about this before and seen it in with other cults and stuff, but the true father, true mother, true children, like that, that true word Right. And Elton, you were, I think you were on the, the call with me and a bunch of other, bunch of other of us, second mm-hmm. So when someone said, Reverend Moon. And I'm like, no offense. You can do what you want, but I. I remember when my therapist was like, do you think we should stop calling him Reverend? Mm. Right. And I just switched (laughs) to moon, right? Like I will, when I'm like, when I'm talking or something, I will explain Reverend Moon when I'm teaching or reading the book or something. But when I talk about him, I never do like the power of language, the fact that, Mm. and then there was one, I was once with a group of us and uh, we were learning about narcissism and I I. Deemed him the true narcissist, and I think that one is good. Like he can have that one, <laughs> but um, but like the power of how all that affects how we think about them and how we think about everybody else.
0: Mm. So. yeah. Um, how are you guys doing? Do you guys need a break? Uh, are you? Do, do you need? Do I you could to use take a, a quick break lens, for a sec. I- uh. Is there anything you guys want to talk about? Uh I don't know. Let me let me like turn t- turn the tables here for a second. Um, yeah, what are, like yeah, is there anything you guys want to talk about? I'm watching her face. <laughs> okay, what's your what's your um can we talk about the moon family? Um, can we, we can cry. yeah. What are what are um, What's like the most debaucherous thing you can you can you can tell me about the moon family?
2: I can't do that. Robbie can do that. Okay. Okay. I didn't see it. All
0: right. Yeah. I mean, and again,
1: I left before it got really, really bad. But yeah. yeah. Um the most the only time in my life I've ever blacked out, right? The most oh. I've ever had to drink was with a bunch of blessed kids and Hyojin and Hunjin is
0: Jin, next, the one the one that died in the in the car accident
1: yeah the, the next brother down yeah George was the oldest from this mom and then the next yeah. brother down Hung Jin. were you okay. were you with the
2: kids yeah yeah okay who were who were with whom in the car when he died yeah yeah, yeah.
0: okay oh
2: wow, oh wow, yeah, okay. it was
1: all of us right um okay, so wow, so we were staying at the New Yorker obviously' or is, that's just you yeah. know. World Mission Center, excuse mm. me. Yeah. And we went to go bowling um, at, at, at Madison Square Garden and we were drinking beer. And it was with, I, I I think it was with, can I use a real name here? Because at least I don't know what name you put in the book. Reggie's name is real in the book. Reggie, thank you. It, it was yeah. with Reggie and a couple others.
0: Okay.
1: Um, And we were in, drinking and bowling and drinking And then Hyojin wanted to go into Koreatown and go to one of the clubs with the prostitutes, et cetera, that, you know, and drinking. And I probably put down at that point, they were up and dancing with all, with all the hookers and I was drinking, probably put down a whole, a fifth of, of uh, wild turkey on my own. It was just, it was just one of those nights where you, it just never stopped. We're in the bathroom Mm. A, a standard urinal, and I'm preaching to him that he's can't keep doing this. He's this is wrong. This is right. You're preaching well, like, to Hyogen, you told Hyogen. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. yep. Wow,
1: well, how oh did he take God. that? It, I, he looked at me like, whatever, probably laughed. I, I, yeah. I got away with like he would abuse all the blessed kids, not He'd us, never me. not us, oh, really. Why not? because we were somehow different maybe because we were the outside we were we were able to Whoa. you know um never but i remember walking down stairs out of the club and i remember nothing mm-hmm. i remember hanging on a lamppost on 5th avenue somewhere in the 30s yelling at them you can't leave me here like this you can't leave me like you know it's just the whole group of them yeah, I mean, that. it's like, that's how much we all end up having to drink. I must have been 18, 19 at the time. It was legal for us to drink, right? Yeah. For some of us to yeah. drink.
2: Yeah. Because yeah, the other ones weren't that old, yeah.
1: They weren't that old, right. Um, yeah. But it was just like, you know, and he just went out and just everybody got shit-faced,
0: right? Do, and was he like, did he, did he force you to do it? Like, or, or it, wasn't it wasn't so
1: much of, I mean yes there's pressure right it, it, yeah. it wasn't a threat but it's this yeah. is the messiah's son
0: yeah so if he it, says drink then right
1: the only thing I didn't do because I was still too insecure etc was okay. go dance with the hookers or whatever else was going on when yeah. I wasn't there. I okay. stayed at the table and just drank yeah they were all okay. up on the floor and whatever was going okay. on in the back rooms etc I just drank
0: okay okay um, wow you
1: know but Um uh, so and then I left, right? I left, you know, and again, that's when that's also when he I think there was one of the something happened because he then got sent back to Korea and was like he was instantly gone. And for the next two years, I could occasionally call him in Korea, but that was it, right? He was he was not back, and then I left the charge. Whoa. Oh, he got sent back, yeah. So what? Yeah. So something happened with with a woman, and I, something happened with someone, and and okay. and something happened with someone a number of times. The more I hear stories about it, okay. there were a number of things like that. But something or this happened.
0: was before he was married, right?
1: I
2: was going to say it was, but I think Nansuk was already there because Nansuk was there when 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 the kids were still in high school.
1: You're right. I, we just didn't know her.
2: Yeah, I think I think Nansuk. I don't know if they were already married. They okay. may have already been married because non I think Nansuk was already okay. there. I think Nonsuk was already there based on the timeline because because I know that like I mean she writes of them being in high school and going to high school with with the and kids so yeah, yeah. So, so wait so
0: Nonsuk was going to high school when she was married to Hyojin you're saying
2: I believe so yeah I believe wow. they brought her over never
1: Hyojin wow. no one in the church
0: and no one
1: in the group of friends and Hyojin never ever said he was married. Mm father never you know, his father didn't announce it like the, the, the church never announced that he was married because he wasn't 21 we weren't you, you can't get blessed until you're 21 right none of us are 21 not in high school we weren't right mm-hmm. so it may have sure
2: happened. was
1: i'm gonna go yeah. pull out the I, book i don't later. I, I don't deny that. it I, okay. I, i'm not debating it i, I agree that it probably no, 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 they, kept it hidden. they kept it completely hidden children never said anything about that right so and if-
0: so okay, but so he, so yeah, so he's going out and partying with you guys, doing this and that, and
1: probably while, was married
0: while probably while he was married, ch- was church, married church married to non right? To yeah, and
1: and church married without the church ever acknowledging it. The church, mm. the church, look, if his son had gotten blessed, there if, there would have been a huge celebration. So they kept it behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mm. they I'm pretty kept sure. it very
0: quiet. But at some point they did get blessed, right? And like, they did. Well, that absolutely. would have been a big deal. So you're, but you're you're saying you're saying she moved over from Korea, got like Don't
2: quote me on it, but I think okay. so. I read the book a long time ago and I'm okay. going to go check, but I'm yeah. pretty sure she was going to school with them while they were still in
0: school. Wow. So it okay. Could yeah. Be true. It's it's could a long not time since I, since I read it, but like could be true. everything could be you're true. describing jives with sook's book. Yeah. Right. And you know.
1: from from what I've from what I've heard from people since then, right?
0: Yeah. Everything
1: that, that happened with me that night with them, right? Every time he came back to the States and even when he was in happening. Korea, it kept happening. It never stopped. Mm-hmm. And
2: then Injun uh. and Unjun joined them. Yeah. When they got older. Yeah.
1: Right. You know, it just okay. so I, you know, what happened to me was extreme for me at that time. Having he yeah. started doing drugs at 10, right? But getting that fucking shit faced and that fucked up with him. Yeah. That was, you know, that was the beginning of it for him.
0: Mm yeah. What
2: I what I can tell you, um, and this is not my story and but I'm so gonna tell it anyway. So I, I do know the story one of the thirty-six uh couple BCs told me stories of watching watching her mother watch Hyojin beat her brothers when they were in Korea when they were young. Oh, I mean, these kids awkward. were raised with no and and I've also heard that that Moon's kids were intentionally abused in ways that we don't want to think about when they were young, yeah. the older kids. Right. So mm-hmm. not that that makes anything. Okay. Not that that condones anything, but it kind of gives you a yeah. sense of, but, um, but yeah, that she told me that story and I'm like, like watching her mother watch her brother get beaten up and you're lucky. You're lucky to be beaten by the Messiah's child.
0: Wow, Crazy. Fuck. You're oh, so lucky to word for
1: it, but. pay indemnity mm-hmm. by by having your parents leave you right
0: it's the same shit, yeah, 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 yeah. you're thing. lucky for the abuse that you you're, you're lucky, lucky for, to- for whatever
1: abuse and pain you're getting,
0: yeah, yeah, that's how the fucking this whole the whole thing operates on that principle, yeah right? I think that yep. that's that's like and all like and every... if you
1: give us if you give us all of your money, we'll give you some more abuse and pain too,
0: mhm, yeah. And we're going to abuse you more because you haven't given us enough money. You, yeah. You've given us everything you have. That's
2: what it is now, which is just—it's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me move on to another another quote, another passage in your book, Lisa. Um, there. So I think. No, I need to write a book. I know, right, <laughs> Robbie? You're, you're slacking, dude. Come on, man! If you, I guarantee, if you write, if you write a book, and it's as good as your sister's, Thank um, you Then come on my show, and and I'll, and I'll read it. Yeah, that's the but second got, part. That's the hard you gotta, part. You got to do the work first, dude. <laughs> um. Okay, so I think this is this is yeah this is another another part that spoke to me, and actually there's there's a few layers to this. Uh, okay, so let's. Uh, So this is okay. uh, This is later on. This is when you're at Cornell. So you're at at university in Cornell. Um, And you're talking about this, this conflict of, you know, living this double life between your connection with the church and your so called outside friends. And this is sort of where we pick up here. Um, I did my best to distance myself from the church physically, mentally, excuse me, and spiritually until a fateful Tuesday morning as I walked through the straight Cornell's student union on the way to class. I was with Fred and his floor mates. Much of my time was spent with him, his roommate, John, their floor mate, Harold, and a number of the other guys from the fourth floor of u Hall one. John cracked a joke. And as I looked over toward him, I saw the banner hanging from the wall. Shit. What is carp doing here? (laughs) The college association for the research of principles was the church's group that recorded that, excuse me, that recruited on college campuses. They had come here to preach and proselytize. I scanned the members behind the table. A couple of them looked familiar, but there was no one I knew. I guess I'm safe, but do I look familiar to them? My friends saw the banner and table as well. Although Carp was tied, excuse me. Although Carp tried to hide his affiliation with the church, people knew. Mooney's seriously, Matt asked. They make me sick. Marcus added. Why don't they just leave? I tried to ignore their conversation, and I tried to ignore the Moody's. Neither worked. Fred looked at me, wondering how I was doing. The church members also looked at me, probably wondering why I wasn't on their side of the table, explaining principle to everyone. But they let me walk by. I avoided them every time I passed by through the straight, eyes focused ahead of me, moving fast. Even though Fred watched me with concern, I don't think anyone knew what was going on inside me, not even me. On the surface, I was a happy, excuse me. On the surface, I was a happy, albeit complicated college student. It was a facade I worked hard to keep up, but in my head and my and heart, my very psyche, I was cracking Now okay, I'm wanna read the next part of the passage, but I was before I do that, I want to address something that was just mentioned here so what year are we talking about here?
2: freshman year or what year nineteen eighty one okay fall eighty
0: one that was nineteen nineteen eighty one okay that's the year I was born.
2: Hello. Yeah, for, for the record,
0: for the record, as <laughs> like I said, out longer than some
2: people have been alive. Okay, but yep. the
0: reason the reason yeah. that's relevant is yeah. okay. That's the year I was born, but um, uh, so I was in university from '99 to
2: 2003.
0: Yeah, um, and that at some point during those years, I think it would was probably the middle years, so or either 2000 or 2000 or 2000, 2001, 2002, some sometime around there. Um. I was walking across campus. I went to the University of Maryland. I was walking across campus with a girl who was cute, uh, no, who nothing ever happened with, for the reasons that we already talked about. Um, uh, but she was in one of my classes, and we were like walking, walking between classes or something like that. And um, we're, we're walking, and and this was a time when I I knew that there was a lot of like church activity and, and like like front group activity happening on college campuses specifically happening at university of maryland where i went to school so i knew all this was happening in the background and uh i was walking with this girl and um someone kind of like walked by us or we saw like a table one of these fucking (laughs) carp recruiting tables um uh and this girl this girl was like oh my god these people are so weird they like they, they want me to like get married or something like that they want me and i was like oh they're so yeah. weird yeah man that's fucking weird why would like <laughs> it's just so I really like I basically yeah. I had that same experience fucking 20 yeah. years later it's still fucking yeah. happening and I yeah. and I I guarantee it's probably still happening now another 20 years after I experienced it you know mm-hmm. 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 Um, yeah. yeah yeah so I again I like just I'm like you've like we've no one has ever written a book that like it had this same level of uh you know relevance to the experiences that i've had um, yeah. um so then i, I want to go on to this one this one passage um and I. yeah i mean it's it's is a pretty heartrending passage so I, I just want people to be aware of that going into it um uh and you'll, you'll you'll hear why here um at cornell they joke about people committing suicide by jumping off the bridges Someone had painted jumping, quote, jumping zones and, quote, watching zones on the suspension bridge. And all the freshmen had heard a rumor that you were guaranteed an automatic 4.0 should your roommate jump. Before a stressful exam, Annie and I would teasingly suggest the option to each other in order to win a good grade. These days, they have nets under the bridges as a deterrent and safety measure. Then came the day that that option became real. I was heading back to the dorms from my job at a daycare center off campus. On my way home, I took the Stewart Avenue Bridge over Fall Creek Gorge. Halfway across the bridge that afternoon, I stopped and stood still, unable to continue. I gazed down the road toward where I was going and over the railing to the rocks below. I could hear water splashing, and if I listened for it, birds singing in the distance. I could feel the sun beating down. Frozen there, seeing but not seeing. Hearing but not hearing. Thoughts of plunging to the bottom of the gorge surged inside my head. I know it sounded cliche. I know it sounds cliche, excuse me. But the minutes passed in a super slow motion, and I didn't think I could go on. Not the rest of the way across the bridge, and not with my life after the choices I had made. Each day was taking me further and further from the church, and all I had known, believed, and loved. Self-condemnation and remorse simmered inside me like a newly active volcano about to erupt. Everything hurt too much and was way too hard, way too hard. I stared up at the sky, tears in my eyes, desperate to reconnect with the God I'd known through much of my childhood, longing for the sense of purpose and meaning that had sustained me for so long, begging for the all-consuming doubt and anguish within me to be lifted. High places are known to fill one with an urge to jump, to experience the sensation of falling, called high place phenomenon. But my feelings that day were different. It was almost as if I was empty, with a vacant pit inside me that echoed my torment and despair. I stood there with the gorge below and contemplated the fall. How long would it take? What would it be like? It was a beautiful autumn day. The sun was shining, the leaves were turning, and the air was crisp. I was in my freshman year of college with my future in front of me, but I had no desire to make it to the other side of the bridge. I couldn't choose a path for the rest of my life. I couldn't. Death was the easy, only, and best way out of the situation. If I was dead, I wouldn't be ashamed of failing and walking away from the Messiah and my responsibility. I wouldn't be another person who wasn't strong enough or good enough, who turned against God and killed God's heart. Or I wouldn't have to leave Adam. Adam was a was a boy you were interested in at the time. This would all be dumb. I stood on the bridge for 10 or 15 minutes, looking over the railing, studying the rocks with their jagged edges and the water calmly bubbling, thinking about the immediate release I would experience. I wanted to fall to my physical death to avoid falling, having sex outside of a blessed marriage, to my spiritual death. I mean, that's like, you basically written the title of this podcast there, effectively. Um, yeah.
2: It,
0: it, Eventually, I turned away and walked back to campus. Why? How? To this day, I don't know. Why did I return to my dorm and act as if nothing had happened? How did I find it in myself to do that? What got me through that moment? Was it what got me through everything leading up to that moment and what would hopefully get me through everything else yet to come? I have no idea. People ask me how I made it through without cracking, without succumbing, without being far too damaged. Again, I just don't know. Maybe I didn't jump to my death that day because jumping would have been admitting defeat and I was too stubborn for that. The little engine that could, Lisa. (laughs) Maybe there was a part of me that loved life and that somehow saw some possibility and hope or some chance for peace, even with my turmoil. Maybe there was a will in me to survive. Maybe I was protected by some greater power in the universe. Maybe I do have a steel rod for a spine. Maybe I'm just lucky. Um, yeah i think uh that's that just really encapsulates so much of what we've talked about so far just the, the 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 difficulty of dealing with with the shame and the and the um and the i don't know the the as you mentioned um the um I guess the self-doubt and the, um, the self-loathing. Um, I feel like you, well, clearly you face that head on in that moment, but I feel like this passage really, really captures that effectively. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to pause there and ask you guys for any thoughts or comments on that. I
1: mean, I'm, I didn't go through it the same way Lisa did at the same time. I went through that much later. Mm. I'm wondering, and I wonder if we all go through that as part of our way of dying from the old life and being mm. born. I don't know, but I didn't do mine until I was 45 or 46 when I was just like, I thought about throwing my throwing myself off something, you know, and just I, I couldn't think of any way forward at that point. Mm. I know that feeling.
2: I am. Um, I, I I always say again when when I left, I still I still knew it was true, right? I still knew Moon was the knew Moon was the Messiah, and uh, yeah, I am. Um, one thing I've encountered is I've met a lot of formers. Maybe it's as true for Second Trends. I'm actually not sure. But there's always this like, what if, what if, what if I die and it was really true? Mm. Like, what if, right? Like, you'll see, like, remember right. in the end of the book, I go and I hear engine speak at yeah, the Manhattan yeah, Center, yeah. right? The full circle. And I walk up to that thinking, what if, I realize I never should have left and I have to leave my children now and go back. Mm,
0: well, yeah. And that
2: was at that point, well, oh, 30 almost 30 years later after mm. leaving or something. But like the how deeply that belief is ingrained, how it's like I always say it's carved into my brain. Yeah. And again, how how well they control what we think so that we blame ourselves right Mm. so that yeah so that like yeah i can still i i i I happen to love the line right that falling to my physical death is better than falling to my spiritual death right and like Mm. after when all you grow up wasn't moon was saying things like if you're to the to the women if you're ever going to be raped you should kill yourself because it's better to die yeah than to than to be you know tarnished yeah sex right and Mm -hmm. so like that whole sense of worthlessness Mm. that were or you know the the lack of value that's placed on us in our lives but yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and just looking back at it now knowing what we know now from the same man who went and abused hundreds of women
0: yeah 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 exactly exactly that's the it's almost like
1: that
2: was providential if (laughs) he had to do that it it, for uh, eve yeah it like yeah
0: i i would feel better about it in a way if like if if he was just if he really believed in it and and he he really believed exactly if he really believed but it wouldn't
1: feel like such a fuck so yeah,
0: was, yeah yeah but it is such a fuck because it's clear that he was flouting his own rules constantly from the very beginning so yes. he didn't really he, he didn't believe you know
2: so i so i hear you and right because when i when i was on the megan Kelly show back when there was a megan cully oh, yeah. when, when they they they, inter, they interviewed me for the backstory and the producer said do you think that he really believed and i think I hear you, but I also think there's a chance that he believed his own shit so deeply right. that he believed, which doesn't make it any better. I'm not yeah. like arguing for him or defending yeah. him. Anyway, I might. for the, I don't defend the kids, but I have compassion for the kids, not for him. I don't know where the fuck came from and I don't care. But like, you know, I answered like if enough people bow to you. At some point, you probably believe you're the messiah. Mm. Right. And so maybe he didn't then maybe he came to maybe even back then he really somehow believed that Jesus came to him and he was taken on. This was providential. Right. You know, if you come, if like, and when when I was yeah. like, and it came from a sex cult and all the things that like all of yeah. you taught me when we came back, I'm like, <laughs> bam, my head
0: exploded,
2: right? And then you read what Korea, like, how many messiahs come from Korea and how oh, much? Oh, it's
0: like the the messiah, messiah capital of the world. They,
2: yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like the, exactly, the messianic capital of the world, and they all believe like not a surprise. Um, but yeah, but so so either way, it's horrendous. But I don't. I, how could I know? I don't know that he did not believe in his self. I don't know.
1: And on a level to me, I don't give a fuck. No, right? I don't either. i yeah, just but you said you knew that he yeah. didn't. So yeah. Even, even, even if he did believe it, he's believing in a complete yeah. double standard, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And that's why that's why yeah, right, like yeah. he held himself. It's not so much they didn't believe, right? He held himself to if he held himself to the same standard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we couldn't live up to it. You know, that's one thing. It was a total fuck for everybody that no, no one else could live up to this rid- ridiculous standard. But hey, he did and he tried. Yeah. He didn't even He didn't even try. He held himself to a completely different standard. He lived at a completely different standard. They told us to, told us we were sinning for doing what he's doing. Yeah.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's what, to me, it's like, fuck you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. Definitely. Um they
1: rot in fucking hell.
0: Yep. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um Lisa, I want to ask you a question about um so it, so I, I I came into this podcast knowing that I wanted you at wanted to ask you this question, but I feel like okay. the like as we've had this conversation, we've kind of touched on this to touched on some of the answers to the to, to the conversation. And um the question or the, the topic of discussion, more or less, is, is this is that I'm I'm wondering how you feel about um well I guess I am wondering how you feel about your book now. Like four years later, um, and and I say this as someone who specifically um chose to do a podcast because I like the fact that it offered the opportunity for change and, and growth over time uh, because it wasn't a specific point in time where you had to try and get everything done at once and you couldn't ever go back and try and revisit. Um, and so throughout this podcast, you've even mentioned like just me reading it. You're like, oh my God, like like the the person that wrote that, that had all these feelings of self-loathing has, has changed. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering how you feel about that and how you feel like you've developed since the publication of your book a few years ago
2: yeah um that's a good question so i i didn't really think about all this i always didn't really think about it when i wrote the book like someone said you should many people would say when i would tell my story they think like, you should write a book you should write a book so i wrote a book yeah and then i worked to get the book published and and then the book came out <laughs> didn't think it through um <laughs> And this is not what you asked, but to me, to me, the purpose of the book is to spread hope,
1: mm.
2: right? To people like you, mm. to people in has. other cults, right? Other second gens, to people, yeah. to people from other complete, like I always say, our story is unique. Only Robbie and I have kind of the same story and even it, it's a little weird, but it's this weird going back and forth. Split thing is definitely unique, but the themes are universal. And mm. so the book the fact that people can read the book and find hope makes it all worth it to me. Mm. Makes, makes, makes my own life worthwhile. Like make, like makes it more okay because Mm. it's helping other people and makes, you know, being that naked, (laughs) Mm. but I do, I hear things now like, like what you read. I hadn't read that part in a really long time since I've done a book reading and I'm like, damn or the part where that my older kid track read to me like you know how damaged and broken i am and like i would do anything to do a second version and change that line mm. because i don't not that i don't want anyone to think that i thought that i don't want anyone to think that thinking that is okay
0: yeah interesting
2: right because yeah, my well cool. if i have yeah. like the four i think it's four messages i came up with and i would speak about it and one is we are all susceptible Someone once said, like, as long as you're not already in a cult, not a psychopath and not a sociopath, we are all susceptible to extremist beliefs, right? It's the way our human beings are carved. You know, we crave purpose, certainty, and community, right? Mm, like, yeah. So we're all susceptible. And there's always hope and you are not damaged, right? And so, but in my book, I wrote that I was damaged. Mm. So it's... um." I haven't read the whole thing in a very long time. I probably will never read the whole thing again. It's really wild to hear you read it to me. Um, you read a lot of the passages I read, and every time I would read them, one of my friends said it would be like, you know, like you're slitting your wrists and bleeding. Like every time Ooh. I read them, I would relive them, and I relive them yeah. as you read them as well. Um, yeah, I believe it. But yeah, so I'm, yeah, there's, it's that part. It's the part of the the current me that I wrote about that's hard to hear. Um, because again, when I, when I found the cult survivor community, and then when I found the second gen community, and then when I started really, I'm like, what did I do for decades in therapy? But I did a lot. But, um, when I really started pulling away at what was done, what was done intentionally to my brain, how my brain was contained, how my brain was carved, how I was groomed, which even when I wrote the book, I didn't see it. Robbie's like, why do you still talk to these people? Like, I didn't, I didn't,
0: Whoa. I didn't
2: see it. Like, you said, and I'm like, really? I guess that's what you can do. That's
0: call 100% it. what happened, Lisa. Like, I get, trust me, that happened. That is... Thank you. Now, right? I, I still, I don't
1: know why the fuck you still talk to them. I don't. You finally stopped. So I it, don't. I don't. You finally stopped. But I was like, Lisa, what the fuck are you doing?
2: Well, but for me, it was the right thing to do. But then I, but, but I got to the point where it wasn't right. For me, going back, just about everyone in that book I've talked to since then. I've gone back, yeah. I've seen, I've talked to just okay. about everyone who was important to me. Um, and for me, that was necessary. I always felt like, you know, may, maybe it's different for those of you who grew up in it and then you leave, but your family's still in it, like whatever. Like For me, it was like there were these eight to 10 years that were a big black hole that never happened. Like it was gone. My my brother, I had my mother, I had, and then I had nobody. Mm-hmm. And none of the places, none of the things, like and and nobody to share it with, no community to talk to about it. So when I started the journey, the first thing I did, the first thing I did was show up at, Bar- at Barrytown because we were by Barrytown. So I went to the I went to the mm-hmm. gates of Barrytown, and then I started, and I I got myself into Belvedere. If you just push the button, you say I need to pray at Holy Rock, they let you in. I got myself the (laughs) Belvedere. (laughs) It was brilliant. I, uh, you know, walked around the New Yorker. I would go in the New Yorker and walk around the New Yorker. I finally got permission to go back to Barrytown and like really walk through all the halls. For me, that was like, it really happened. Like it really, Mm. I didn't make this whole fucking thing up. And yeah, I I reached out to Hugh and from Hugh got Injun. Never meant to reach out to Injun. Never meant Mm. to reconnect. And then Brian reached out to me, finally found me. Like, slowly, I, people found me, or I found okay. people. Okay. And it for me, it was necessary to kind of, like, touch it and see it and mm. own it. Um, mm. But, yeah. So, it's weird having this, like like you said, static point in time, but it's it's yeah. stuff that I wrote about now. My me now is so fucking different than my me four years ago when the book came out. And I was pretty, like, I'm okay. I'm strong then. But it's been... um it's just been incredibly powerful you know the the depths of healing that i've been able to kind of look at and get and there's always more right there's always more trauma yeah that comes out.
0: and i think like that that's it, it's a never-ending process yeah. Like, yeah yeah right
2: and how do you like how do you own it and that's, for me it's always like self-compassion and love and go through it but yeah it's yeah didn't think it through when I did it, and yeah, that there's a couple lines that I would so write over mm-hmm. now, but mostly, mostly so that people didn't think that that's really how I was because I don't want them to think that that's okay to be like that. It would mm-hmm. be more like that's what I thought then, but no, that's not true.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Robbie, go ahead. Yeah.
1: So this is another one of those areas where Lisa and I are different, and our journey and our healing is different, right? I have never felt a need to go back and look at those places. I avoid them like the plague. The only way I would go back is to somehow or other deface it in my, you know, at all. Right.
0: I will, you
1: know, I will say, however, Lisa, that for me, writing that I'm damaged, we all are. And owning that we're damaged and realizing that it's okay to be damaged for me is fine. I don't want, you know, I don't want to have to think that I can't be damaged because being damaged is bad because everybody's damaged. I'm damaged. And therefore I'm okay. Because what, what my brain go to, goes to with that, and people like me, what their brain will go to with that is shit. I can't even be damaged. And I'm so damaged. Oh my God. Right. Is where my brain goes. So it's got to be the, I'm damaged, but that's okay. And then I can get to the part where I'm different. It's not damage. It's difference, yeah. you know, et cetera. But I've got to be able to be okay with the fact that I've been damaged because without that, you know, then I, then I, I have to be perfect or nothing.
2: I totally actually agree my with brain you. Yeah, yeah. that's no. what my
1: brain
2: I actually, I actually agree with you. Your language is right. And what I love when you just said, then I have been damaged because yeah. there's a difference to me yeah. between I am inherently broken and I have scars and I was damaged by all that. They damaged me and I was damaged and I have scars. I absolutely have scars. I'm like, you know, like, you know, when it's going to rain and your elbow hurts, I have those, right? Yeah. I have yeah. psychically those. To me, there's a difference than there's something inherently wrong with me, but I'm agreeing with it's everything. All, you for it's me, it's also, time. it's a
1: process, right? I can't yeah. have scars unless I'm damaged, To unless something's broken to have the scar, right? So if I want to pretend that I'm not broken at all, that's the worst place for me to be now i can yeah. now i need to leave that to go to the i'm damaged from the i'm damaged i can then heal from the damage and, and i was damaged and there's healing and scar you know it's a to me it's a process but I, yeah i because my brain works differently than yours yeah.
2: yeah but i agree with i agree with everything you're saying yeah. I all makes sense it's just different uses of language yep yep
0: yeah and it's really interesting to capture this like this dynamic of two siblings living a similar experience but recalling it differently and and conceiving it differently now and dealing with it differently in their own unique Lisa way
1: and i've always processed in a different way i've been a more aggressive processor of things of fuck mm. you you know it's <laughs> i will do all of this to fuck with you right you will not get me down Lisa was always, Lisa was always more the one who had to be perfect and she did really well in life. You know, she's got her, she's gone to, to, to Ivy league schools and, you know, all this stuff, or as I have not, right. But we, we both processed the same shit in very different ways. You know, there are areas in which please forgive me. She processes more like her mother. I process more like my father, right. Um, there are areas in which she's more her father. Lisa just and I, gave uh, gave Robbie the middle finger
0: for the record. So, so as of you know, but
1: <laughs> our mother when she was young was the good girl, right? My father was always the the guy who who flipped off everybody from from high school on. Yeah, high school on. I've always been the one that's been the angry fuck you, poke you in the eye person. You know, I the only way I would you know, I I met a couple of the people. Just to see what it was like from the from the past, Reggie being one of them, and decide never again. The only way I'll ever talk to, like the only way i ever want to see any of these people again is to hate fuck them. Right? That's that's how I look at it. Right? Right? That's that's how I. Look. I, I say,
2: Rob, did you say hate fuck them? Rob, yes. Oh my god, Rob, <laughs> Robbie is. I'm going to let Eldon take that one in for a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. I need to just.
2: Yeah. Robbie, you survive by being the angry one. Yeah. Right? And I survive by being the people pleaser. Yeah. Fight, fawn.
1: I was going to say flight, but okay.
2: <laughs> I do I do flight, but I also do fawn. I, I am so good at reading your needs before you even know you have them. Reading and meeting your needs before you even know you. I used to be. I still could be. I try not well, to be.
1: It's interesting. I read your needs before you have them, but I also read your fears before you have them, and I poke you in the fear. Yes, I right? do. Mm. that's what I
2: do yeah so the he's the angry one and I was the sweet loving one that's how you know that's how I it is it is one of my strengths you know it's funny because I I, when I wrote the book when I when I wrote it I was like okay looking for what, what was the good in this kind of thing and I came out with um you know, there's in the book, there's a point where I realize there's nothing I can do to actually help. So I'm just going to be so loving and I'm going to love my brothers and sisters so much. And that's what I'm going to do. And so I decided that my very loving nature was a result of that choice in the church and then i reconnected with injun and with the the 36 couple bcs who i grew up with and they're like no you were like that when we met you <laughs> mm-hmm. so i i listen, you were, so you were
1: that, like that you were like that in sixth grade, fifth, right, grade. That, fifth
2: grade, that that it was my nature like this sweet loving you know that's kind of part of how i am right this you know And people pleasing, that's like because of all the trauma that happened Mm -hmm. and all the fear and all the terror. That was my coping mechanism was to to please and to stay safe in that way, to appease. Right. Please and appease. Um, And then it just got more and more reinforced by the trauma of the church. Right. Mm. And it just got more and more deeply reinforced. And so. Right. And that's that's the parts that I that are represented in the book of how I used to see the world five, 10 years ago that I'm now like, oh my God, I was like, that's my forgiveness and compassion. I was still doing that then. (laughs) Oh my God. Of course I was. Mm. Of course I was. I still do that now. Oh my God. Yeah. Of course I do. Of course I I do. I see that in
0: myself too. Yeah. Absolutely. I see that in myself. Yeah.
2: Like there, of course, that's my first, it saved my life. It's my first response to go there. There's a lot of reasons I go there and I don't have to all the time.
0: Yeah. Revert to our core behaviors and periods of stress yeah yeah absolutely absolutely can i uh we um, i want to i want to wrap up soon but i there's i also want to ask you another question lisa uh just on the book so um the title to the moon and back Mm -hmm. do you okay the reason i ask you this is i feel like with this topic unfortunately any publisher is always like we have to put something about about moon in the in the in the title um Mm -hmm. and so i'm just wondering like and so and that limits what you can do with the title basically so i'm Mm -hmm. wondering if that like was the title your idea was it the publisher's idea and would you call it something else if you had if you had free reign to do it? I'm just, just wondering how you feel about the title.
2: It actually had a couple of different titles along the way. Okay. Um, but when I was finally going to publication with the publisher, I she didn't like the title that we had at the time. I think that's when it was called Raising Myself. There was a while it was called okay. Raising Myself. I like
0: that I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And um but I was I was running. I was running with my friend yeah. locally, and we were just like playing. And she came up with mm. that, and I was like, "I like that." Okay. To the moon and back because I yeah. feel like, well, first of all, it gives me a great thing to sign in every book. Yeah. Um, but it 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 felt like the journey, right? It felt like yeah. I went there and then I and found then, my way back. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was it was raising myself, and then there was something else. I'm trying to think because it's there's actually words in the book itself that related to the that title that i can't remember what it was i have to think like that's funny but um but so i like that and then a childhood under the influence actually my my husband came up with that i one.
0: like that a lot
2: yeah i like that one a lot because it's yeah. it's again true in I, so many and, ways. and i
0: guess i almost like i guess i i kind of like that better than the overall title just mm-hmm. me me personally because i feel like it's a it's a better description of, of what it is, what the book is about, because yeah. actually like the book is not really about moon. It's about, it, it could be, you could replace moon with any other, any other asshole's yeah. name and it wouldn't yeah. matter. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's about you and your experience. And yeah. uh, but then, but yeah, I think this is, this is, this is the, the reality of like just publish, publishing publishing a book in this, in this world is like, there is something innately fascinating just about the the name moon and how you can incorporate that into a title. Yeah. I will uh, tell
2: you if you're gonna write a book, write a book that is like a famous saying. I almost okay. I have a I have oh, a letter okay. that says yeah. to the moon and back. I okay. have someone gives me a plate. I have so many things. I get so many things from so many people that say. Yeah. To the moon and back. I love you to the moon and back. Yeah, I'm just, I'm joking. Because there's
1: that, there's that, there's that children's story that, that I Yeah, love I love you
0: to the moon and back. I read that right. to my son, which,
1: which is what to me this, 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 this thing also references because it, yeah. it is a twisted love thing that we didn't get. The, yeah. the parents love their children unconditionally that we didn't get. There's, there's yeah. the whole play on there in, in the title
0: for me. Yeah. Our parents
2: loved us so much that they yeah. sacrificed okay. us for God.
0: I have to say, I, I that had not occurred to me. I, I, I like the title more now um Yay. as a result of that and also like also considering what you just described about your journey of like moving away from that self-loathing and more towards self-love like loving yourself to the moon and back finding your way back um, yeah loving yourself uh, to the moon and back yeah, it's actually it's actually quite yeah. quite relevant um yeah. yeah yeah
2: um
0: okay i think that's probably a good place to a good place to end the recording for now Are you guys okay with that or is there anything, anything you guys want to say? And, and where where can people, oh, this is actually a really good question for you, Lisa. Well, I hope it's a really good question. Where can people buy your book that's going to pay you the most? Because that's where I want to send them. Because <laughs> I don't know how it works with like Amazon and all this shit. But where do people pay? Where where do you get paid the most? Send, send people there.
2: Where do I get paid the most? Well, if they gave me money for it, I would probably get paid the most. But then I have to ship it. So it's not worth it. Um, my actual favorite way for people to buy the—you can buy the book anywhere. You can buy the book on Amazon. I think there's still a Kindle version. They did something weird with Kindle. Yeah, and I been a Kindle version. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, yeah I, so, okay. but there was a Kindle version. Okay. Um, and I will say right now that for any second gen, if they reach out, I will send them a free PDF if oh, they want it, because because okay. I do. Um, I do. But um, but if you go on my website, which is Lisa Cohn Writes, L I S A K O H N W R I T E S, as in the verb writes, lisaconwrites dot com, you can buy the book at my local bookstore. And not only will they make this indie book make money, but they'll call me and I'll walk up to the street and I'll sign you a copy, and then. I make oh, money. They make that's money. Awesome. So you make money and, get and the local bookstore makes money and the local bookstore makes money. And oh, so I get it. Definitely a, you, do that. 100%. And you get a signed copy and you get a signed copy. Yeah, okay.
0: That's the way to do it. Audience. Yeah, definitely do yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Um, and in terms of other contact details, Lisa, uh, how will, if people want to follow you on Twitter or Instagram or, or all
2: or of my social media is Lisa Conrights at Lisa Conrights. So if you can spell my name, L I S a, K O H N. And then the verb writes, that's me on Twitter. That's me on Instagram. That's me on Facebook. That's me everywhere. And that's my website. So if you want to reach out to me, it's Lisa at Lisa writes. It's very unique.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Robbie, uh, similar opportunity to plug anything you'd like to plug. (laughs) And I'm just Lisa Cohn's brother at.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Good. Yeah. Anybody wants to reach out. I'm barely on Facebook. I canceled Twitter. You know, when Elon Musk took it over, I I literally deleted everything. My account canceled everything. But if you want to reach out to me, I'm rob.cohn at Gmail. Okay. Easy. Or you can reach, write to Lisa and ask her to give you <laughs> If you
2: find me, you can find me easier than him. If you go actually him, I so Elgin, up.
1: you've got my contact information. Anybody wants to talk to me, they can reach out to me. They can reach out to Lisa. They can reach out to Elgin. Okay, all right. I'll be your PA.
0: You. That's fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. All right, guys. This is this is awesome. Really super like great interview. This is this is really awesome. I feel like we could go on forever. Um but I'm gonna hit stop recording now, but we'll keep the session open. Uh so... folks, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Lisa. If you haven't bought Lisa's book yet, you should go buy it. You heard her, lisaconewrites.com. Go there, buy it. Please support Lisa. Her book is incredible. Uh, I hope everyone who listens to this buys it and reads it. Thank you, Lisa, for writing such an awesome book. Thank you, Rob, for being Lisa's brother and for being a part of this. Take care, y'all.
1: See you next time.